The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! Yes. James, we're back again. I, I, look, the cards were against us. I think that's the, the phrase. All, the cards were against us. They, they were fighting <laughs> they us. They were fighting like us. That. The cards were stacked against us, I think, is the actual phrase. The cards weren't literally against us. But hey, we're back, ready for more. And this time, we don't have an interview for you this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so much like how we worked the Third Man Hardware episode with Alex Garaldi and Jordan Collins from Copper Sound when they came on and walked us through the history. So we're bringing on a third person to walk us through the history of a very cool topic. And, you know, that's win-win because we don't have to do any research or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we could be as lazy as we want. And the episode will still be good. And we still get an episode for y'all with some good tidbits and some good hosting James, what the hell are we talking about this week? God, if I know. No, uh, we we brought on friend of the show. He's shaking all over. We got Josh Aiken. We're going through the history of the kills today, Paul. I love that. Josh, he's been very helpful and supportive. Yes. And Josh is going to join us to walk through the kills. Now, I am a, I would say like a, like a kills fan. I would call myself a kills fan. I'm a fan of kills. Yeah. But I don't know like the history and I don't know the minutia and I'm really only like a big fan of theirs with their modern stuff. So it was a very interesting talk with Josh here because he walks us through their earlier days and how they kind of evolved to what we hear on the records now. 
And at the time of this recording and release, The Kills have announced but have yet to release their B-sides and rarities album collection called Little Bastards. And I think this is a great time for us all to get to know The Kills a little bit more in advance of this very, very cool release because they haven't had a new release in a little while now. They had put out some singles. Allison has been very busy as a solo artist this year, but... We haven't gotten any kill stuff since Ash and Ice, and that's, what, 2015 or something, so 16, something like that. So, yeah, this is a great time to jump in and learn more about the kills. That's right. If you are unfamiliar with the kills, Allison Mosshart is one of the two people in the band, and Allison Mosshart is also in the Dead Weather, so therein lies the connection for those of you who are not too plugged in or haven't listened to much of the show before. So that is why we are talking about the kills. We, we haven't just transitioned to a a new band to kind of become uh, invested in. I mean, we're always invested in these bands. We'll be the kill men, which sounds an awful lot like somebody who hmm. might show up to a polling place. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should belabor this anymore, James. I think we should hop right in with Josh. I think we should really just keep hitting this dead horse. <laughs> I hope you all survived whatever fresh hell happened this week and we love you and we love the kills and we're looking forward to this one so i hope you enjoy it and hey if you're looking to forget about stuff right now i'm sorry we brought it up and we won't bring it up again yeah so there we will still talk about ding dongs though yeah no that's still in here another reason this episode is relevant to our show Uh is because we are very aware that this season has been let's say a little light in the research and a little heavy on the interviews. And we are preparing an album analysis and review, which all of the research is done and all our third person segments are recorded for it. It just hasn't come out yet. So we are going to do an album analysis and review two-parter very soon. Mm -hmm. And it may or may not have something to do with somebody who is in the band we're talking about today. That's right. So it's Jamie Hints. Yeah, Jamie Hints. <laughs> Here's and a his... hints for you. Anyway, all that ado is none further. Let's do it. All right, Josh, get in here. Would you like me to introduce you? Would you like to introduce yourself? Would, would, how do you? I'm I'm we're clay in your hands. Okay. I'm I'm moldable. That could be our introduction. We would like to welcome our co-host here for the for this episode here. We've got Joe Shaken all over. It's Josh Aiken. We're clay in your hands, Josh. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing tonight? Mold me like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> French me like one of your mold girls. <laughs> well, guys, right. it's been a good long time, man. It's good to see you guys again. I think uh, the last time we got together was trivia night. I think so. Well, in inspiration to that, I got a little trivia for you. We're going to just kind of play Name That Band. Um, Oh, man. All right. So I'm thinking of a two-piece blues rock outfit. Uh, They've recorded at uh, Toe Rag Studios. Okay. I have no clues yet. Hold on. Toe Rag Studios. Okay. Uh, Is it the Black Keys? It's a boy-girl group that they insist the relationship is platonic. Okay. The lead guitarist married an English supermodel. <laughs> Still not ringing any bells. Right. Vanilla ice. <laughs> no bells. I got no bells over here. All right. The guitarist injured his finger in a, in a car and had to get surgery. Messed with a whole concert series that was supposed to come out. Their song was prominently uh, 
prominently displayed on the Footloose trailer. Oh, Kesha. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> close, close, but uh, okay. no. No? Oh. Uh, band known by their limitations, and uh, they've also known for covering Captain Beefheart. Wow. Still I'm going to have to go with Kesha. It's Kesha. It's got to be Kesha. It's got to be Kesha. There's yeah. nothing that says not Kesha. Yeah. <laughs> Timber, I'm falling down. This is officially the kills. Ah, oh, oh. all of them? Those? All of those is officially the kills. What'd they do with Toe Rag? Uh, that was actually their first album back in 2003. Keep wow. on your main side. So, like, like the same year as Elephant. That is correct. So, so I'm assuming they got uh, a little bit of inspiration and decided to steal that studio. And uh, I am very curious about that. Like if we ever get Allison uh, or Jamie on, we we need to know who was first. We need to know if <laughs> Jack is copying them or if they are copying him. I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about Toreg actually because one of the guests had recorded there and he said that the vintage equipment, which is I guess Toreg's sort of shtick, was cool except for the headphones because the headphones are all authentic to like the 60s headphones, which were apparently extremely ineffective and uncomfortable. (laughs) And so if we do, you know wind up talking to anybody who recorded there i'd be dying to know just how painful the cans were well that means we got to get bruce back on the show bruce brand that's right that's we right. need to ask him he was one actually you know the guy who runs Toreg was one of the first people back in 2016 that i reached out to for an interview and he said no <laughs> <laughs> he said he said i'm not going to do anything without jack's express permission and I find that very respectable. He held the line. So, yeah, uh, let's go through this list. Uh, obviously, okay. uh, two-piece blues band, Kills. Record Toe Rag, we got that one. Boy-girl group, so Jamie Hintz, Allison Mosshart, obviously the people consisting of this group. So, before they were the Kills, a lot of people, like, you'll see a lot of, like, Instagram handles that are fan- Kills fans that follow around. You'll see, like, the tale of VV and Hotel. They just randomly named each other. So Jamie named Allison. Allison named Jamie. Allison's known as VV and Jamie's known as Hotel. And they actually originally started touring as VV and Hotel. VV named me Hotel. At the time we had, we, we, we were living, I, I was squatting in this house in um, South London and was really poor, didn't have any money. I was signing on the door, I was unemployed. And um, VV came over and, or Allison as she was. Came, came over from Florida and we, we were pretty much living in this tiny little room in this squatted house and we didn't have any money or any future really and it's those kind of things you know that, that get you through the night just a bottle of wine some rom- sort of like romantic notion of creating a scene renaming yourselves like wearing ridiculously over the top clothes those kind of things that, that make you sort of get through the normal sort of boring Right really? Kills. What what does it stand wait, for? Wait, wait, can know? I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, I, your guess is probably good as anybody else's at this point. I think it was just random. And BV, you said? Two oh, Vs. V-V. Oh, okay. Because I was going to guess. Say Betty was, and Veronica. Wasn't it? Be- uh, no, I was thinking Baby Vicious. No, it was Baby Ruthless. Baby Ruthless oh, yeah. was yeah. her nickname in the Dead Weather. Um, okay, so we're going with VV. I'm going with. Yeah, I don't have any guesses. I have no, I got nothing. Maybe yeah. it's Roman numerals. Anyway. Yeah, it, just random names, apparently, from what they say on 
interviews and things like that. So really no hidden meaning behind it. But I think moving to England and starting over and finding Jamie and, um, you know, and then renaming each other as this kind of, it was just this exciting kind of uh, fantasy thing, really. We weren't exactly a band yet. We didn't have any songs. We were just talking about all these ideas that we had. And um, we just decided to rename each other. And I guess it did. You know, it was quite... It sort of opened up a realm of possibilities of, of being a bit anonymous and starting over again. Weird. Okay. That's just what somebody with a hidden meaning would tell you, though. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, uh, a lot of lineup with White Stripes. Jack married Karen Elson, and Jamie Hintz married Kate Moss, both English supermodels. So, kind of like a weird crossover there. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that until a friend of mine, he was a former paparazzi, told me that. And I thought for sure he was lying or misremembering. I looked it up. Amazing. They were together for quite a while. I, I didn't know, I think, until you told me, Josh, yeah. uh, about it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that makes sense as to why he's friends with, uh, you know, Karen Elson and all that stuff, too. Yeah, it, pretty weird crossover in that world. Y'all know about, obviously, probably covered in the podcast, Jack entering his finger in 2003 right after Elephant. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Got the three screws in there. Yeah, and a car accident kind of had to relearn how to play guitar. Yeah, and you can see it in the hardest button to button video. He's got the cast, and I never you knew that. You can watch the surgery <laughs> oh, yeah, on that's YouTube. Right. That's right. It's gross. Yeah, Jamie Hintz, right after Blood Pressures, the album and the tour, slammed his finger in a car door. If you ever see him playing, he, uh, playing guitar, he's always flicking you off because wow. his middle finger is absolutely useless right now. So <laughs> he had to relearn how to play every single song that he's ever played. And that's why there's a large gap of five years between Blood Pressures and Ash and Ice. If, huh. you, if you listen to the guitar playing, it's changed quite dramatically from the two albums, in my opinion. Can I just say, in that five years, they made a better album, though. So maybe, yeah. just maybe, <laughs> that car door yeah. did some did something good after all. I think uh, what we're saying is to play great guitar and write a great album, you have to go slam your finger in a car door. Yes. Every musician we know, uh, Rob Janos, you're on blast. Uh, <laughs> is this what QAnon is? Josh, I know you play guitar. Can you slam some fingers into right. doors and test this theory out? That'd be great. I'm Thanks. going for it. <laughs> Thank you. But I, and and to I, Paul's question, oh, yes, this is QAnon. <laughs> and, and no hate for Kill's prior records. Blood Pressures was fantastic. Yeah, no, Blood Pressures is great. I just really I just like love Ash and Ice. Ice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Blood Pressures was my favorite between the two. I, Ash and Ice is fantastic. Blood Pressures, you got to really go back and listen to a little more in depth because there's so much hidden inside that album. And it's like everything else that he did was very electric and very kind of punk because Alison Mossard, actually, like if you ever like dig into her early stuff, she was a uh, has a lot of punk influences. She was in a band called Discount. So Rolling Stone has like Discount listed in one of the top 50 most influential punk bands. So like Keep On Your Main Side was kind of really raw. No Wow was yeah. pretty raw, but like Blood Pressures was mostly done on acoustic guitar. And the samples they used on there like were like uh, him playing a ping pong ball against the wall. I know. Like, <laughs> that that beat is so good. I love that uh, that song. like blood pressures as an album is probably their favorite my favorite album like song for song going through the whole thing 
I think it's just like well done where I think Ash and Ice probably has my best like single tracks. Like it, like if you're going to take like a bunch of different singles that don't really blend perfectly together and put them in one album, but they're all phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Ash and Ice was that album for me. Yeah. Well, it's got, I think it's their most commercial album in a lot of ways. And so that's what spoke to me because I find their other albums. I like Blood Pressures actually a lot. That's I think that's also fairly commercial, at least in spots. Yeah. But like Hard as a Beating Drum, I'm just looking at the track listing here because I'm not that versed in their catalog, but Hard as a Beating Drum is one of my favorites from them. And Baby Says is on there and that, that one's really good. And The Last Goodbye, I think they close their sets or their shows with yeah. Last Goodbye, right? It's either that or Black Balloon. Uh, that's, that's, the, a- that's the Goo Goo Dolls, James. Yes, that no, that's the one that Alison Mossart plays guitar on, and uh, typically it's a solo song. At least the few concerts I've been of The Kills, like usually like, Jamie Hens will go off stage and she'll play that song solo right, okay. right before they end, and then they'll usually come back for an encore. Uh, oh, that's why I'm thinking it's the end song, because I, I, I did see that when I saw them in Philly at the DLA. So talking about the most commercial albums of The Kills, one thing you might not think about, I mean, obviously we, we're pretty much in the Thurman Records world, and our insight into them was post-Dead Weather for the most part. But mm-hmm. their only chart-tracking albums were Keep On Your Mean Side and No Wow. Really? Yeah, so Fried My Little Brains, Pull of You, No Wow were their only ones that actually hit on the UK charts. Huh, huh. Not, even, not even Ash and Ice? Ash and Ice did not chart. Wild. Weird. I feel like Paul's saying that that's the most commercial makes sense to me because it's the fullest-sounding album of them. Like, a lot of their albums tend to be sparse in sound uh it's on little, purpose yeah and ash and ice tends to have a fuller sound despite the fact and i think that's because they're starting to use more samples uh probably starting with blood pressures and stuff the sound just feels more full it, yeah. it's um, danceable downright danceable in yeah. places oh, yeah. i i usually go on the susanna scale my wife susanna she, who <laughs> has less of a threshold for experimental stuff than i do and she i think one of her favorite songs is doing it to death because that video and uh so yeah i guess i have it in my head that that was a that was a hit but i guess yeah probably i mean i would probably assume they probably sold more albums just with the following nowadays than what they did back then but as far as charting it's kind of funny like how i mean when i saw that it kind of surprised me as well Hmm. yeah because she was also they promoted that album on anthony bourdain i'm not a big I'm not Cook a fan. I just don't, I didn't <laughs> follow him, but I like, I like that appearance. So I assume that that helped move some vinyl. I don't know. So we all, all three of us are pretty big movie buffs, right? I would big say buff. so. So M- uh, more on the buff side for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> Julianne Moore is probably a more of a popular kind of indie movie artist. Uh, I would say well, she also fought a velociraptor. So the, she, that's pretty, that too. Yeah. Yeah. But have you ever seen Julianne Moore as Alison Mossart? What? No. <gasps> I would love to. We're going to watch this in, in real time on the show. <laughs> yeah, so this is Hook and the Line. What? Weird. Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, James. Why? <laughs> I second your question. Keep it quiet, keep it cool. Lipstick, letters, and souvenirs. 
during Blood Pressure's tour when I was at Terminal 5 in New York, standing beside the stage, I saw Alexander Skarsgård and Julianne Moore. Whether you know him from Zoolander. One of the guys that exploded in that, uh, he was also (laughs) (laughs) Eric on True Blood, the vampire. Yeah, he's a male model from Sweden or something like that. That's a famous actor as well. Played Tarzan. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. And that's who's, he's playing Jamie Hintz? No, well, he's... The movie's not about the kills. It's more of about like uh, it's called What Macy Knew, and it's kind of about a couple in New York and basically them going through a divorce. And yeah, I I kind of couldn't watch the whole thing. I got bored with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so wait, wh- why the kills thing though? So she plays a rock star in the movie. She used uh, Alison Mosshart as a study. Interesting. And I love that. She's acting like her though, right like down to the cigarette. Yeah, the cigarette <laughs> dangling, and then uh, the moves and everything. Like literally, like if there's ever a kills documentary, Julianne Moore needs to play Alison Mossart for sure. That's awesome. Holy, that's really crap. cool. I had if no this episode gave us nothing but that, I'd be happy. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Is there anything Julianne Moore can't do? She karate chopped a velociraptor. She pretended to be Alison Mossart. I think uh, she was in Pretty Little Lies. I can't be sure about that, but I think she was. Uh, the one where the frogs rain down. And just... She's in the frog movie. Magnolia. Yeah, but back onto the Kills discography. Yes. So we had Keep On Your Mean Side that was recorded at Toe Rag. Right. And pretty raw, dirty, kind of like Jamie Henson was working with Scarfo, which was uh, kind of a had their own little successful. Tell us more of this Scarfo. <laughs> uh, I got to play some tracks here. Uh, yeah, just kind of uh, Jamie Hentz was the lead singer and the guitarist for them. So had a little bit of uh, celebrity from that. Not really anything major in the U.S., but in the U.K. kind of had a little bit of recognition. But was living in a flat underneath them and heard him playing guitar <laughs> and apparently they started some correspondence between each other and mainly through brooms hitting yeah. the yeah, yeah. tops and bottoms of the, of the floor. yeah please turn the guitar down <laughs> that's when they started uh, corresponding with each other she was still with the band discount up in 2000 and after that he encouraged her to start writing her own songs and jamie hence sent her a four-track recorder and they wrote their songs apart from each other her in the u.s and him in england and they got together and did keep on your mean side they had a little ep that came out before that and had like a little mixtape that kind of got passed around but right after keep on your mean side when the white stripes covered no wow a no wow was the next album wait when did they cover no wow Oh, we don't know familiar with the White Stripes covering No Out. It's actually a pretty darn good version of it. 2004 era. 
Yeah, this looks like the elephant tour, so I'm guessing 04. He was doing that that was that was a little bit of handsprings, I think. Wow. That's awesome. This is great. I forget that there was a point in there was a point in time there where all of these new rock bands were coming out and covering each other and it was like I just I really do miss that. <laughs> it's been a while since there was a rock resurgence, but that is crazy. Yeah. Oh, you missed the Taylor Swift and Katy Perry crossover? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well now Taylor Swift well if you want to start talking to Paul's, Paul's, oh, no, Paul's no, no, big no. Uh, big Swifty. <laughs> Paul's big on the T Swift. I don't care about either of them. Um, <laughs> but but uh, that is amazing. And the show itself, I mean, I love watching those those White Stripes shows from pre-2007 because it's before they really, really blew up. It's like Elephant was blowing up. And uh, it's so good. And watching them play this, like Paul said, with the covers of yeah. just bands that are kind of erupting in the time. It's always cool. No wow was their second full album uh they mm-hmm. went into the studio and it wasn't gonna be guitar bass so like gonna be a big departure from what they did and as you guys are both beatles fans and uh, familiar with musical instruments thoroughly the moog synthesizer was what mm. they were going to use to record that album hmm. and nice. jamie brought it into the studio and broke it oh <laughs> With his finger. With his He's finger. never played piano since. And <laughs> to relearn it. We would not have had No Wow or The Good Ones or The Love is a Deserter, some of the bigger hits. Of the hits that came off of No Wow, The Good Ones was the highest charting one. Came on the UK album charts at number 23. Love is a Deserter was number 44. And No Wow was the sleepy hit of 53. Huh. huh. Good for them. And No Wow was the last time they actually charted. So That's crazy to me. And yeah, because they've had a lot of good songs since then. And like I said, Blood Pressures was a hit album to me. Like, that's how I learned of them. I feel like people who like rock know them, you know? And that's just... I, yes, but that's what people said about Radiohead, and Radiohead was really popular. Well, James, what did we learn? I, I re-listened recently to the Greatest Hits episode we did a while back, the White Stripes Greatest Hits, after the announcement of that new greatest hits package and i was remembering oh yeah the white stripes weren't charting really either that's sort of disingenuous to say they weren't charting in like mainstream charts very well like i think seven nation army was like number whatever 79 or something like that it was low but then you look at the you look at the rock charts and they're they're they dominate there but you know the as far as mainstream appeal goes yeah i guess these are still sort of fringe groups and jack is much more popular than than um, Allison. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense. It's just surprising to me. If Allison and Jamie did a, like a mega blocks sort of music video yeah. to compete with the Lego one. Yeah. If somebody had given them some <laughs> connects, we could have solved this. <laughs> could have solved this for them. They were with a Rector sets or whatever they have in England. Uh, Meccano. Hasbro. It's up Mechan- to you to save rock and roll. <laughs> Where are you? So 
how familiar are y'all with like the kills on TV and movies? I am not at all. Yeah, not really. Like not much. So please tell me they were in Buffy. As far as acting, I don't think much. But as far as like okay. being in like the soundtracks or being in trailers, uh, I, I hinted at Footloose. So like Footloose, the main song was uh, "Rag and Bone" by the White. Oh Strike. yeah, the the new version of Footloose. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the, like the non bacon version. You know, <laughs> like the, the really amazing. Yes, <laughs> we did learn that Rag and Bone was indeed in Footloose. Yeah, but uh, in the actual trailer for it, Sour Cherry by the Kills was the song that was... Which I know fans of our show will know uh, probably because me and Paul say it so often. That's how we learned about the Kills was through Sour Cherry. Yeah. Probably through Footloose. Honestly, Paul, whoever gave you that song on a mixtape or mix CD... Uh, probably got it because they listened to it. No, the- it was a uh, Rolling Stone magazine. I was just going through and downloading everything that they were talking about at the time, and Sour Cherry was one I grabbed. Now here, I thought it was a Matt Seda pick. <laughs> no, no, they were in the House Bunny, <laughs> the the House MD. I remember. Yeah, I remember. they were in House. Uh, no, 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 House yeah. Bunny. Jay's the Reese Witherspoon. Well, She's re- also addicted to painkillers. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember uh, what's what's the girl's name? Remember number thirteen? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about House. Oh, okay. I'm so well, sorry. I Olivia <laughs> Wilde was it? Uh, Olivia Wilde. Yes. So this was Thank the you. opening scene of the Olivia Wilde episode. The first Olivia Wilde episode was Cheap and Cheerful was used by the Kills. Catch Forty Four movie. Uh, it was on the trailer. It was on Push. Uh, if you ever watched the remake of uh, the Tomb Raider, the most recent one, like yeah. All, yeah. all it was was no wow in the beginning of that. So that's awesome. They've had a ton, ton of stuff on the CW, and I always love that when you're watching something and a song like that comes on, you're like, wow, like, uh, well, and then you automatically have to turn to the. Uh, I mean, in me and Paul's case, probably our spouse, and going, hey, that's yeah, this song, and right. they just give you a face of, yeah. okay, we're watching that, <laughs> watching that movie about the singing animals. This it's called the sing, sing, sing. baby, I'm back. What is going on here? Hi, I'm Becky. I was very excited, and no one else was, but I was very excited. There's no wow in the crowd there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or like when I was watching Lethal Weapon and I didn't realize George wrote the title song (laughs) for the end of Lethal Weapon. It was like Lethal Weapon 2 or something, and I was just like blew my mind anyway so obviously blood pressures came out which was right after the dead weather came out for a while mm-hmm. so they had two albums in 10 months with the dead weather and they decided to get back on and shortly thereafter they were going to be touring with uh queens of stone age when they had that accident with his finger uh, ah. so that got canceled and then i slammed my finger in a car door and my uh, my hand surgeon said or oh, my hand specialist guy said oh i'll just jab some more cortisone in it and I went away on holiday, and it just—I got a sort of deep bone infection, and it, and it went. I lost my tendon, so I had to have a tendon transplant, and it doesn't really work. I can't play guitar with it, so that was it. It was kind of like learning to find a way to play guitar again. Didn't know if I was going to be able to play guitar. Thought I was going to be one of those like studio dudes with grey skin and like loads of menus. But uh, the kills also toured with uh, Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yeah, that's a... I mean, I guess I could see it. But, yeah. I mean, pass, no. but, like, I could see it. Because you know? the Guns yeah. N' Roses crowd, 
not for nothing. Like any of any of our listeners who are fans of Guns N' Roses, I like them too. But the crowd who goes to see them, yeah, it's different. But she <laughs> has that she has that front man thing that Axl Rose is also channeling. Like they're both doing I imitations guess. of Robert Plant. I think at the end of the day, those two. But yeah, Allison and. Jamie were both really kind of pretty heavy into the art scene, heavily influenced by Velvet Underground and heavily influenced by Andy Warhol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you look at any of their videos, there's tons of Polaroids, a lot of like crossover with the white stripes there and just like the older technology, kind of a lo-fi version of their videos early on, lo-fi version of their music. And by like the time that they got to blood pressures they kind of got a little more professional in their sound a little more clean i think i kind of completely skipped over midnight boom which was an absolutely phenomenal album uh, and that album is very good oh yeah it has you are a fever which is probably one of my favorites uh, oh so good and and uh mex ico <laughs> yeah which is uh, i think it's a bonus track on on one of them but it's that song is really good i like that one too yeah, yeah. and tape tape song's good too they play that oh still. yeah these days oh, so man like, all right yeah midnight boom's pretty yeah every, pretty, every pretty show great. i've been to the kills tape song was off the first song they played and gets the crowd going i mean it, it, and if i'm black it's, saloons on that one too yeah i think that is yeah. correct yeah. it's still a little in it's a that's also a goo goo dolls song that was only of half of a joke <laughs> earlier um the i find that album to be for me personally a little impenetrable just on a listenability level like i think that's why i really like it when they get to blood pressures and ash and ice because they just it gets a bit more melodic and i guess mm. i guess there's melodic stuff on this too but it, it is still got that experimental tinge that their earlier stuff had just to me personally to my ear so i think that i struggled with them for a while because i kept looking for melody and their melody is often in beeps and boops and stuff and it's yeah it's because just, because they're using whatever that replay thing is where you, you hit a pedal and it can replay the beat that you're playing. Yeah. So they, they have a very, like, they're, they're two people, obviously, and they're not trying to create a fuller sound. It's an, it's an interesting thing they do in the first, in the early albums. I agree with you, Blood Pressures and Ash and Ice yeah. sound very different. Yeah, one of the things I said, like, with the original, like, trivia thing was, like, they're known for their restrictions. So, like, the White Stripes yeah. were obviously known for, you know, having the restrictions of threes and like trying to restrain certain parts of their music so they wouldn't have a full palette to play with. And the kills were very similar in that mindset too, is that they've always used a drum machine to control the temp yeah. the tempo of all their songs. So you don't hear a lot of fluctuation in their tempo, which, you know, that's why their songs aren't nine minutes long. You can't really right. change it. It gets eventually droning at a point. Yeah. So what they were able to accomplish on that, I mean, it's kind of like a an art experiment in itself. With their music, is just trying to hear the tempo of what they're doing and what they're able to create within with that constraint. So, I, but what they're doing on stage, though, is like oh god, it, it takes it to another level because yeah. then you get the the stage performance along with that with that uh, kind of art piece. Watching them live is so much better than listening to their albums. And I guess you could say that about Jack White too. You'll get no argument from me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's another level. Like I, I was so happy I got to see them live. It was a, an a, an exhilarating experience. And I wasn't even like the biggest Kills fan. I liked her from the Dead Weather. I I barely yeah. knew who Jamie Hintz was at the time. Like it was, uh, it, but after seeing the show, I was like, this is 
the best. Oh, and yeah. I think I made a complete fool of myself by shouting Sour Cherry every other song because <laughs> I wanted to hear that one. But, you know, it was great. I, I was a convert. I saw them twice on the Ash and Ice tour. Uh, or once, I guess one was technically Ash and Ice. The other one was like their their 10-year anniversary tour or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I was but, trying to make that for New York, but missed it. And, yeah, like live, they're intoxicated up there. Like she, she is just... It, it must have been, I mentioned Robert Plant, it must have been like what watching Robert Plant was back in Zeppelin's heyday, just the way she moves. It's different than the way she moves with the dead weather. I feel like with the dead weather, she she has some of it, but she almost like blends into that band a bit. With the kills, it's her out there, you know, and Jamie's in a support role. And it just, she is, she's a force. And I would also say, we're talking about similarities with Jack, the, they're, she, her and Jamie, I'm not actually sure how much writing Jamie does. But at least Allison is a really good songwriter. And yeah. that's why I think some of the like more experimental stuff still works is because underneath those sounds are really good songs. <laughs> you know, she's just a really good songwriter. So a lot of Jack comparison there. So ja- For sure. Jamie has a lot of really cool moves in himself. He does the moonwalk and his guitar becomes like a machine gun at points. And I took my wife, my wife has always kind of let me be my own musical self. And like, Oh, you're going to go see Jack White again. Go ahead. And like, that's fine. But our, our vacation time as a family is going to the beach. And like, so I get a little personal with me. Like me and my wife, we lived in the mountains like three years ago and we finally like uprooted ourselves and moved towards the beach. So I'm like, Finally, we're going to start taking you to concerts and you're going to have to come with me now because we live at the beach. We don't have to use vacations for beach anymore. So, <laughs> I, I tra- She was very patient with us when yeah. we were uh, seeing the tenure. Yeah, so I dragged her to New York to Terminal 5 to see the kills. And I think that was the moment that she realized like, oh, <laughs> that's why you go to these things. Like, yeah. And Terminal 5 is a great venue to see Allison too. We, oh me and Paul saw the dead weather there and that intimate small venue especially in new york city where you can then do after party afterwards i mean it's yeah it's a it's a good place to see a show yeah it's reminds me of the 930 club and just having that little wrap around uh and funnily enough i saw the second time i saw the dead weather was in well it wasn't dc it was baltimore close enough uh (laughs) was down there for that and yeah those both of those dead weather tours i mean I was shocked because I really didn't know much about her. And she just, she was incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. She knows how to play towards the cameras and play towards the crowd. My wife is just questioning how she does that in high heel boots. and <laughs> So, yeah, if you've never seen Allison Mosshart bend backwards into like an almost a U shape and then come completely erect immediately. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing to see somebody be able to do that <laughs> you wouldn't expect a chain smoker to be that great at yoga i think like her her thing her style is interesting too to me because she is by the way she sings and the way she conducts herself on the stage i would say a sexy person you know she has sure, she kind yeah. of she plays with sexuality on the stage i think at, at least in the musical sense but she's also and i don't mean this in 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 a bad way she's also kind of androgynous because when she's up there, I don't tend to look at her like male or female, but like she just embodies like rock and roll. She's not, she dresses sort of a little more masculine. 
Sort of. And those big, yeah, there may be heels on the boots, but they're also kind of like Gene Simmons, like boot kicking boots, you know, like, she's, so she's yeah, not going just, out there with a bikini. She's wearing right. like leather pants and like, she's coming out full rock star. If, if you had right. like a Iggy pop come out there and Allison Moss, yeah. I mean, it's, she's doing moves that Mick Jagger could do. You know, exactly. it's the same same thing. She's channeling that rock and roll, and I guess the rock and roll is inherently the sexy thing. And she's just she's kind of embodying it. So it's it's really cool. Like her whole style is awesome. You know, I'm happy somebody like her exists. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I know we're we're shining a light on her more than Jamie. Jamie is is, I mean, as Josh said, he's he's doing his own moves up there. Oozes sex, Jamie. Oh, yeah, and, well, and you know. as far as who writes most of the songs, believe it or not. A, Jamie writes the vast majority of the hits. Really? Yeah. He's a huh. major part of the songwriting and uh, especially the singing as well. So a lot of like the music wise is all Jamie for the most part. The It's kind of funny. Allison's kind of self-conscious about her guitar playing and self-conscious about her songwriting. I, he just had all these qualities that I didn't really have. I was extremely shy and, and Jamie was, I don't know, kind of filled in all those gaps for me. He was amazing in the interviews like when she talks about it just kind of like has more shyness to her than you would assume from her being on stage but mm-hmm. i remember she i don't know she was very very soft very quiet very very quiet very sort of quietly spoken um incredibly polite and and timid black balloon is kind of like your telltale alison mossart song and I think a lot of Blood Pressures and Ash and Ice, it's not really the same story as what the early on albums were. But yeah. uh, for the most part, you look into like the lyrics and like the who wrote which song. And, uh, you kind of see that Jamie Hintz kind of added a little more to it. And I, after listening to a whole album and kind of picking out which songs are which, you kind of start. It's kind of like after listening to the Beatles a thousand times, you're like, oh, this is George Harrison. Oh, this yeah. is <laughs> There's one song that's that just shouts Alison Mossart and I can't. Uh, I can't think of it. Um, Whirling Eye, or I love I love Whirling Eye. That's a great song. Anyway, there's some there's some real Allison tracks on that album. Yeah. Hum for your buzz just seems like a dead weather track to me, even just in the title alone. Yeah, it's not like it's buzz killer or anything. No, 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 not <laughs> at all. <laughs> Church of the Scientology connection here, you know, uh, music video uh-huh. for Siberian Nights was done by Giovanni Rubisi. I don't know who I, the yeah, guy is. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, nothing. Sorry. Oh, man. Uh, actor uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Sneaky Pete from Amazon Prime. Did he ever punch a Velociraptor? <laughs> How many yeah. times well, like, he punched him? He's like one of those guys that's in everything, and everybody knows who he is. But except for I do love that song, and that video's him. good, too. So, uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Oh, him. Yeah, he's from the Wonder Years, that guy. Yeah. Oh, really? He played one of the kids in the Wonder Years. But, yeah, he's. I'm not known for that. I just, I just like him in that cover songs that they've done 
Uh, another Thirdman Records related side note. So the kills covered Screaming Jay Hawkins. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, recent reissue by Thirdman. Yeah. Screaming Jay. That was actually, I put a spell on you. The kills did that one? Oh, yeah. And did it well, actually. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Stop the things you do. That really does echo what Paul was saying about the androgynous thing. That's just rock and roll. Yeah. She's like a rock and roll owl. <laughs> the song is great. Jamie has a bit of a Fred Armisen thing going on in yeah. that picture. I love it. Actually, it looks a little like jivey. A little bit, yeah. I guess I'm taking a walk to see if it's going to be released on that new package they're putting together. I don't know. If oh, yeah. I'm very excited for that. It did Rihanna? Oh, yes, this one I saw. Oh, this one I saw. This one was it's fantastic. Good. It's really good. This is from that same era where they did the Saul Williams thing. They were just doing a couple rando songs here and there, put out a couple singles. I'm so happy 2016 brought us this. <laughs> it was three years ago, so 2017, yeah. yeah. 2017. And they put out the Saul Williams thing in 2017, too, I think. Okay, I thought that was 2016. Uh, but I knew it was after Ash and Ice, so I guess that was my thinking. So we all know about the dog face uh, meme that's been going on? Or, yes. Are we all familiar? All right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Susanna was listening to Fleetwood Mac today. She's looking him up. I think this guy really did a lot for their career. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Mac, <laughs> Nick Fleetwood was like... Like yeah. sent him a bunch of stuff and was like really thankful for him. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, Cran Raspberry or whatever Ocean Spray yeah. gave Ocean him a truck. Spray, yeah, they they sent him a truck. Well, who will I keep you down? It's only right. Oh wow! Play the way you feel it. Listen carefully to the you Okay, so what we're looking so, at here is a Fleetwood Mac tribute album. Which has Karen Elson on it. Uh, Karen Elson. Yeah. And the new pornographers whom I love. Oh, and Billy Gibbs Gibbons from ZZ Top. Like Eye is awesome. MGMT is great. Oh my god, wow. Marianne Faithful. <laughs> this is so good. And Tame Impala. So they were also on a Beatles tribute album. Josh, have you ever heard that? Uh, I'm going to have to yes, pull that up. Yes, hold on. I got it. You got one on me. I can show one for you. All right. The kills. <laughs> Whoa. She covers Tomorrow, Tomorrow Never, Never Knows. Dying. 
Maybe it was just Allison that did it. I don't know if it was the kills it's, that did it. Oh, there's something know. about the kills. Like they have, yeah, they have a cool. modicum of fame. They still feel underground enough where I'm excited every time I see something they do, and I'm excited to share it with other people. So I was wrong. It wasn't on a tribute album. It was on, of all things, the Sucker Punch soundtrack. With Carla Azar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Wild. Is this the Kills or is this Allison? It's Allison and Carla. Well, Zack Snyder's a Beatle guy because he, yeah. well, uh, Come Together was the song in the Justice League trailer. Back to Allison. Uh, so yeah. we're, Sucker we're Punch in the Ash and territory. Yeah. I got one more for you, so... So Jack White always uh, covers Loretta Lynn or Jonathan Pardon, old country singers. Yeah. Yeah. And here's Patsy Cline. I've heard this one. I like this one a lot. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling so So we were at the Third Man Records 10-year anniversary, me and this guy named uh, James Kaminsky. Uh, don't know him. Don't know him. Uh, we were standing outside of Third Man Records, and like they had the like little truck backup spot lifted up, and that's where the, like, the artists were coming in and out, and kind of like their hangout between sets or whatever. And I'm just standing there with my Ash and Ice shirt on, and <laughs> Allison can, comes up and stands right behind me. Oh, oh no! And like, I'm I'm like hanging with James that day to some extent. So I'm like, oh, let's get the podcast guy over here and see if I can get that connection going. And I like turned around. I'm like, enough of a distance from her, I could probably stick my hand out and like try to shake her hand or something. And I'm just like, I look at her, and she looks at me, and like obviously sees that I have like an ash and eye shirt on. <laughs> it's like, this is some guy I probably don't want to interact with. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to walk away and just let James know sneakily that she's over there. And by the time he turned around, he was like, yeah, I don't believe you. And like, she was. Never- <laughs> I, that, that, that show was so weirdly co-mingled with, with, with famouses that it was, hard to disagree and hard to believe and hard to like i every now and then like me and ariel went to get food from a vendor and josh was just like here's someone you'd probably love to talk to that i'm next to and i'm just like yeah. like he texted it to me i'm like ah but then like two seconds later me and ariel met pokey lafarge so it's like i uh, mm. wish i was there for that one and wasn't didn't marco dj for that was she, was she pregnant? did yeah. she was very pregnant at the time yeah, yeah and so did, so did allison yeah that's right allison dj right. yeah and Oli- did olivia dj uh carla czar did carla and did you did you talk to Carla at all? Because she was there, so and she was hanging with Olivia a lot. So I've met Carla a few times, just in like passing. Uh, like okay, uh, like I saw her outside of uh, some music venue, and she was just taking a break. I've met Deru. So I met Lily May at the Chattanooga show before we even knew she was in the band. And I'm like, oh, cool. you playing with Jack White? It's like. Uh, not a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's super friendly. Yeah. My, my only encounter with Carla 
Azar was when she tried to actively get away from me as quickly as possible at the Olivia Jean show last March. Oh, Because wow. I, I, I made contact with her like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and she was like, I got to get out of here. This guy is going to talk to me. Yeah. I literally was six feet away from her watching the raconteurs play and <laughs> wanted to like interact. But I was like, she's enjoying the raconteurs. Do I want to disturb this? Kind of like how when I was with Olivia... Like I was at the Led Zeppelin show standing next to Olivia Jean and I turned to her and I said something dumb. I don't remember what it was. It lives in infamy you're in this podcast. You're still here. Yeah, oh yeah, I said you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably what I would have said something along those lines to Carla. So I'm glad I didn't. I, I always keep it short and keep it like very like pointless for the most part. I don't want to like... <laughs> Like, You're a good fan, Josh. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> uh, I went to the baseball game uh, right before his Bridgestone show, the last one of the boarding house reach, and I started noticing that he was walking out, everybody else was walking out the other side away from us. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll just sneak over there and just hang over by there. And I was the only one sitting there, and then Jack walks right by me. And I'm like, have a good show, night, show tonight, Jack. <laughs> oh, God. I've never, I'm the, of the three of us, I've never met him. Yeah. And I know we're getting way off topic yeah, yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Far but off. band t-shirts I know came up in terms of good fans. Uh, comes up <laughs> often in this podcast. But me and you, Josh, we had a good conversation about that. <laughs> to to the confusion of both of our wives uh, who were like, I don't see the problem with wearing a band t-shirt to the band you're going to. And then we had a whole conversation about that. Um, My official stance is I go with the movie PCU and like the guy from Entourage or whatever. The only one I know is Turtle. I don't know. I've, I've never watched the show, so I just... Me neither. <laughs> I just know Turtle is a name. <laughs> All right. PCU the movie. Let me look it up real quick. So, yeah, Jeremy Piven looks over to uh, John Favreau and is like, you never wear the band shirt uh, that you're going to the concert of. Don't be that guy. I've and been that guy just, so many times. I, I like being the, that guy. I don't see the issue, really. I mean, I guess well, it's I mean, just, I mean, enthusiasm. What's, what's you know? Yeah, but I mean, if I'm going to meet the guy afterwards, I don't want to be like wearing his shirt and like her. Wearing the Margo I, shirts what got me the hug. So listen, I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to do it forever. Yeah. Well, the Soledad shirt I wore to the Wreck and Tours concert got a lot of fun conversations that's good. going that's good yeah. so wearing a an a, an a different shirt but tangential yeah i think is the route well, yeah. i wore a third man shirt to the kills and that sparked some interesting conversations so yeah i, ge- I guess that's where you want to aim you want to aim left to center a little bit there yeah. yes yeah uh, all right back to the kills <laughs> <laughs> what do we have left so uh, we got the uh, new album coming out uh, the rarities new song that's just been released uh, let's throw that track on for a split yeah second. hell yeah because yeah, i'm digging it actually up the new track so this is a b-side from them but always good to have new kills tracks and video was recorded in the pandemic i think this is great is she back to the black hair is that a wig that looks like a wig it just feels like new dead weather to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think this is like the spiritual successor in a lot of ways to 
their more recent stuff. Well, I mean, this came out in 2009, or it was recorded in 2009. Yeah. So we're talking pre-Blood Pressures. Midnight Boom. Midnight Boom, yeah. And it's like during the time that Dead Weather were just starting up. Which makes sense as to why it sounds like a Dead Weather track to me is because they were in that mind space. This is an example of where I I dig it because there's like a melody and it's sort of driving, you know? I guess where I where I fall with them is like sometimes there's a little too much space between the beats. Almost like this. I really like the the drumming on this. Now, Josh, where do you land on her solo stuff? Where do you land on that that current stuff she put out for the quarantine? Allison, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Oh no! Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's not. I, my, I don't not my I, cup of tea. I I don't love it either. I, I like it that it's new, Allison. Like that's why I liked it. Well, I mean, I appreciate for what it is, but it's not the kills, which is kind of like what my expectation was. So, I mean, mm. it's like expectation versus what reality became. And I've listened to it a few times and I don't hate it, but... You know what it reminds me of? Is, it's like, I don't know how much you guys follow Metric, but Emily Haynes' solo stuff is very mellow and low-key. And then Metric is so up that the it's the contrast that was throwing me this one at least mm. this one sounds a little more like a kill song i think so i i like this one too Be, yeah because it's so sparse and everything else about it, it just seems like something like a, a demo off of ash and ice kind of yeah vibe to me but i see what you're saying the, the, the jamie element is gone yeah. it's not to say that the guitar playing or anything is bad it's just that no 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 they yeah. don't have the 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 tit for tat like whatever they were giving each other is is not there it's different but personally, I like this because it reminds me of Al- like I like Allison's songwriting in general, and so it's got that impossible winner kind of songwriting to it. Now, now obviously different vibe than impossible winner. Yeah, I think kills for me is like ninety percent, eighty percent Jamie's guitar playing. As far as what mm. draws me to it, like he's just such a weird guitarist. Like he's everything that he does, like is almost how I imagine like a, a drum, a drummer would play guitar. Like if you just told a, a drummer, okay, here's six strings. Just imagine that these two are your toms. This one is your <laughs> yeah. way he attacks that guitar. Like percussive. Yeah. I, I'm, it's always so fascinating. And I, I kind of can skip past the Allison songs on most of the albums. Allison isn't the driving factor for me, for my love of the kills personally. So I think that's kind of where I, I kind of see that why I don't like the Alice in Moss Heart side. Now, did you come at it from, uh, like, did you like the Dead Weather before you liked the Kills, or were you familiar with the Kills before you liked the Dead Weather? So I was familiar with the Kills more than the Dead Weather, but I never got into okay. the Kills until I got into the Dead Weather, if that makes gotcha. sense. Okay. So, like, yeah. I think I started following Jack, like, pretty late in life. Like, I think uh, Soul is a Lonely was just an album that just kind of like someone had that kept playing that I'm just and they're like, yeah, Jack White's just the most amazing person. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I really do love this console is lonely album. And it kind of like was an earworm for several years. And finally I'm like, just started digging deeper and seeing what he was saying. And like everything Jack did from there on, I was just like, mind. You just said the words black gadget a lot. It was very (laughs) weird. Yeah. Cause I can see somebody who like, likes the kills first being more of a Jamie person because like Allison seemed like it to me it's like oh well you like Allison because of the dead weather you would follow her kind of artistic side more than Jamie's 
Although Jamie is an amazing artist and I, I adore his, his, his work on, on the kills albums, but like Allison is such a, a an intoxicating yeah. presence on the stage to me that like my focus always becomes on her. And because she's the lead singer, I'm always focused on her. She is the Mick Jagger of this group. Yeah, there's a cult of personality there similar to Jack and similar to, you know, like, I think she puts herself in everything she does. And so whether I'm listening to a Kills album or Dead Weather, I am kind of listening for her in a way. Mm-hmm. So I'm almost the, the inverse of where where you're at in that sense. Because I find Jamie to be, obviously he's great, but I, he, I've, I don't know. He's more like the structure maybe of what the kills is in a lot of ways. Like I feel like he's kind of holding everything together, but Allison he's is a Dominic. The, yeah. I, I, I find him more of like the entertainer of the group, like especially like in the live setting. I don't know. Like every time he's always the one making the jokes and more of like the <laughs> Allison is a lot more serious on stage. Yeah. It's true. His sense of humor is is definitely on there. Like, it's definitely more yeah. out there yeah, but you, than, than Allison. You definitely hear Allison's voice on all the album more so than you hear Jamie's, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, she's definitely the leader of the band, in a sense, and that her your eye is visually drawn to her more so. But, right. yeah, I play guitar, so it's my mind's always like, let's go towards the guitarist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I do uh, always like Jamie's outfits like, and, his, I, and his boots. If I was watching Led Zeppelin, I'd be standing in front of uh, Jimmy Page. And <laughs> That's true. I get it. I get it. But I had, at the same time, Robert Plant is such a, like Paul said, cult of personality. You, you, you're mesmerized by that man's hair or bulge. Depending, <laughs> on, <laughs> depending on what you're looking at. Gotta get the bulge. Yeah. You gotta get the bulge. The bul- Allison's got the bulge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She has, well, and I'll say this, the most balls of any rock and roll singer, I think, short of maybe Jack currently, for at least for me, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. There's, not, just, I, there's not a female lead singer like her. I, Paramore is nowhere close. I mean, I, I just don't see it with anybody Florence else. Florence or her machine. Just yeah. no, not there. Not there. Emily Haynes and, a little bit, but she's not like Allison. Is. Allison's like from, a freaking lion out there just yeah, roaring and it's shit. A, it's a different animal than a lot of things. Like the the lead singer of Alabama Shakes, like oh, yeah. is is great and and like super entertaining. But Allison's like a different kind of entertainer. There, I don't know. Went to go see Kills at Terminal Five and bought mm-hmm. tickets to see the Colbert show before it like got really blown up and super popular. But it was mm-hmm. seeing it at Terminal Five, so we saw the Kills right before they played Terminal Five. So, oh, nice! Oh, you awesome. saw them at the Colbert show. Saw them at the Colbert show as well. So, wow, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, you had to buy the tickets like a month in advance and didn't know who you were going to see or whatever. But I knew Allison was playing. And I'm like, Jack's friends with uh, Steven. If they're going to play any show, it's got to be Colbert. And so we actually got two tickets. So the first, they records the Friday show on Thursday. So we saw mm-hmm. like eight o'clock in the morning. It was like Allison Mosshart and like. It's kind of funny seeing a band without having to prepare for being on stage. You just have one song. So it's just, if you ever go back and look at that show, it's just kind of interesting to see the kills on a stage like that. It's just more interesting environment. Yeah. I was hoping there would be a musical guest when we saw The Daily Show, but I think all we got was, I want to say Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt, something like that. Oh, God, that's not too bad. It right was Daryl Hannah. 
Darren. <laughs> Wasn't Tom you know. Cruise or Brad Pitt? James? <laughs> you know, Tom Cruise, Brad, Brad Pitt, Daryl Hannah. Hannah. So I said I, I said I saw two uh, sh- Colbert shows that day. The second one was Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Whoa! What? Yeah. Jesus, and, dude, well, that's amazing. Bruce Springsteen didn't play, and he just sat there and did an interview talking about a book he wrote, and like it was just. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! Everybody's screaming Bruce. I've never. <laughs> I'm not from so, Jersey, yeah. not from Jersey, so I was like, uh. <laughs> well, speaking of books, did you pick up Karma? Mm-hmm. So I haven't picked it up yet. I've seen snippets. I actually like before it was released in Third Man Books. It was like released in small quantities, and like I was like desperately trying to get it. And now that it's like easily accessible, I haven't gone through and gotten it. So. <laughs> yeah. I got I got my copy. I it's interesting. It's like for those of you who don't know, Allison Mossart released on Third Man Books. Car Ma is sort of a pun. And it's about like the open road and stuff. It's almost like if the Lana Del Rey book of poetry was good. We, we <laughs> talk a lot about Lana Del Rey for some reason. I don't know why we're picking on her lately. There's no reason. People got to see those lips. But <laughs> Karma, good. Uh, interest, not like, I don't know. It wasn't mind blowing or anything to me but it was it was cool to see her artwork and i liked her poetry and stuff and it it definitely seems like jack maybe one of these days might put something like that together just because they seem of a like mind about that stuff yeah did you do you own any of her any of her artwork josh don't have any artwork but uh i've had like a bunch of like exclusive things that they put inside their albums like they had like a uh, couple eight millimeter like frames or whatever they stuck inside some of their albums they Mm. sold uh so i have few those little things uh there was like a playing card that was affordable to me on an auction they had once like an allison mossart official thing but i don't know if i'd ever display it like i like her artwork but it's not like my decor kind of artwork but it's um for those of you who are not familiar she's also an accomplished visual artist fine artist and it's uh it's it's good it's it's very interesting stuff it's like you mentioned Warhol earlier. Like, there's a lot of Warhol influence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of like found, repurposed photography with paint on it and stuff. So, it would it's more fitting for like some like an industrial kind of setting almost. Yeah, very New York. Yeah, for sure. To go back to the rarities uh, album they're putting out, so it's going to be B sides and demos from 2002 to 2009. So it's going to be pre Blood Pressures. Okay, so cool. it should, should be pretty cool. The Raise Me Up was obviously 2009, but I'm sorry, Raise Me was uh, done around 2008 during Midnight Boom. And yeah. coming out December 11th. So anybody out there, go ahead and support the kills. Well, that's a great way to end this amazing conversation. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much for teaching us. I have a... a b- oh, Paul's got a... Well, I have a weird thing. Paul's got a weird thing. Josh, do you want to walk? Do you want to walk through the the outro bit with us? We can share the Google Doc with you. Go for, oh, go for it, sweet. Because we've never done this before, so we may as well. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put this in the chat here, Josh. There's there's a little chat. Just button. share the Google Doc. Wait, no, wait. Yeah, there's a Google Doc. Okay, cool. Why can I never? I can literally never find this thing when I I need to. You? Oh, uh, I'm requesting access. Oh well, um, Paul. <laughs> I'm in it, but I'm not the owner, James. You're the owner. I'm the owner. So we're going to do something we've never, ever done before. Uh, Josh Aiken is going to join us for this end part of the show where we stumble through people's names and our different social channels. Yeah. And we've shared this Google Doc with you. 
we're feeling very exposed right now because no one's ever seen this Google Doc. Not this particular one, no. Fart. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. do some shout-outs here. We're gonna set, we're gonna thank some people for donating to the show. And Josh, do you want to? I mean, do you want to just do it? Do all. <laughs> of you want to shout out the patrons, including yourself? Please do. Let me let me type in the names that aren't there. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right, we're gonna start. We'll start at the top here. We'll start at the top. Josh, thank the people. Josh, thank the people I'm, for us. I want to thank the people. I want to thank the Patreons that are Patreoning every <laughs> single month for us. We uh, have Derek Ferguson, forever for my Ferguson. <laughs> Michael Brookfield, Bone Brookfield, uh, Tam Davis, the third person in spirit every week. Luke Sinclair, look me over closely. Uh, Josh Shaken or Joe Shaken, Joe Shaken all over. I, <laughs> I might have met that guy once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, once or twice. Melinda Taylor, send me an angel of down. Uh, Julia Hickling, $3 hat mig. Hat mig. Hat mig. Yeah. Stu Katz, Stu Driver. Kate McCoy, the bones of the operation. Brenda Englehart, the want to be the boy to warm your Englehart. Yvette Wilkins, Wilkins on Sunshine. <laughs> Uh, Brett Garski, the Brett three killed by the Garski. Hello, Brett. Long time no see, buddy. Oh, he just had a birthday, too. Uh, happy hey, birthday, oh, Brett. Happy birthday, happy Brett. Brett. Uh, Elizabeth Myers, rolling in on a burning Myers. One eye, blank staring, looking up at Myers there. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> no, it's no, perfect. No, no, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda Endress, you look so pretty in your fancy Endress. Shane Benjamin Session. Shane Boy, you've always known. Okay, so we... So we, we never actually changed that. Shane Ben Jamson, but I wrote Shane Ben Jam session. All right. <laughs> and Ashley Forbes, finally. Steady Ashley Forbes. As she goes. Oh, man. Butch that one. Actually, yours was better. Steady Ashley Forbes is actually not so bad. <laughs> Steady Ashley Yeah, goes. no, it's not bad. I like there that. There we go. So thank you, guys. Yeah, thank uh, those you. are our Patreon patrons. The they help. On, so. uh, yeah. uh, thank you so much for, for doing that. <laughs> for all of the support. No problem. Uh, we appreciate it. You help keep the lights on. So you're the best. So we're going to do the social shout outs now. You can visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thirdmen, Twitter at thirdmencast, Tumblr, thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com our website is thirdmenpodcast.com uh, you can send us an email thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com you can visit our Instagram at thirdmen underscore podcast that's where we post some pictures and other supplemental materials from the shows we just got a very nice tag and post from the Copper Sound Pedal guys today which and was, from Ms. Margot Price and yeah we go and we heard from Ms. Margot Price on there too so check out our Instagram a lot of people have been finding us on there that's been great you can pick up some merch bit.ly slash third men merch James comes up with all original designs for t-shirts and um, I mean I don't know mouse pads whatever the f*** is up there I don't know <laughs> turkey based things lots, you lots know. of stuff clocks. <laughs> clocks oh Jesus and then uh, Acast hosts our show so thank you to Acast if you're looking to start a podcast. Uh, you know, yeah. Out. Why not? Couldn't hurt. Yeah. 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 We have, <laughs> uh, you can search the Third Men on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash C slash the Third Men podcast. Yeah. And then please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> so you can visit the URL rateus.thirdmenpodcast.com. And if you do that, it'll take you to a place where you can rate us five stars only. Please, if you will, <laughs> somebody, an anonymous person... Actually, maybe we can see, actually, say who it was. Somebody did the when you're here, your family thing, but they didn't email it to us. So if you are responsible for giving us the review 
when you're here, you're your family. Your family. <laughs> it just says all one three six nine two. You've got something. We're gonna send you a finger or something gross. Uh, so <laughs> email us. Let us know. We'll who send you, you are. unlimited breadsticks. Yeah, unlimited breadsticks. <laughs> no promises Forever. as to the limit, but yeah, we're not gonna promise anything. But so thank you for doing that. That was a thing that we asked people to do. So that's really great. So please leave us a review. It means a lot when you do. So thank you for that. And you can uh, send us a listener question if you want. And you leave us one stars. We're coming after you. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just even that guy that hated the show gave us two. So was, <laughs> I think uh, I think we need more Teen Fertita. Yeah, Teen Fertita. It's we. I I was able to send out one Teen Fertita piece of artwork. I'd like to thank Sam Kubert, Tom Valenti for the help in the recording of our theme song, as well as Susanna Roundtree for the lovely intros and outros of our program, and to Josh. Aiken for joining us Anytime. all episode. This was a fun one. Thank you so much for prepping this for us and, and for learning us some things. If we learned anything from this, it's that uh, someone who karate chops a velociraptor mm-hmm. also performed an Allison Mossart part. That's the one thing. Always important. It's the one thing. Good takeaway. Good takeaway. <laughs> well, until next episode, I will be looking for a home in a velociraptor pit with Julian Moore. <laughs> and I will be looking for a home in uh, in the Karma book. Why not? And I'm going to be looking for a home in Lana Del Rey's lips. So. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> gotta have those lips. Gotta have a, gotta, people gotta see them. Gotta be. Why won't you take my money? Why won't you take my money? Just, <laughs> just take the money. Just take take the money. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, bye. guys. <laughs> For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. I'm I'm not even looking at my recording and I'm saying check. So that's a problem. Just yeah, brag, check. why don't you, James? I'm in like, studio. I don't even G- have to look at it. <laughs> I'm in Studio G right now. <laughs> uh oh. Just because uh, my other studios are all in flux, so I'm in the baby's room, which is now the guest room, which is why. Yeah. So I, I'm in Headspace G because I had to take a bunch of antihistamines, and then like I I just like I bought a bunch of CBD this weekend, so Whoa. I'm I'm just all kinds of loopy right now oh i'm in the headspace e because of all the e i'm (laughs) (laughs) have you tried the pancakes no i'm on the the keno diet from yeah yeah, you're just eating keno just no i'm just eating pizzas delivered by keno from (laughs) from ninja turtles 2 yeah the cat yeah it scratched his face it scarred him he was a big hit with the ladies and then a rat scratched his face (laughs) it was just like he was unsure why people weren't having live concerts, so he thought this was Vanilla Ice's moment. Two, or one, oh, two. one, two, three, and then we're gonna go. And so you just follow in tempo with the snaps. You don't have to count; you just do the snaps. So one, two, three. Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, did a four. A, a four. <laughs> well, four is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Fucked it up the first time. The second time was. What typing it in? I typed white strips. Not in Pulp Fiction. She yeah. was.
Clarice in Hannibal. Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> well, now now we've officially added that edit. That edit is no longer cut. Josh, oh. I'm sorry to say this is going to yeah, stay in the right. podcast. Hannibal. Hannibal no. means it stays. <laughs> just got mixed I up believe that's yeah, yeah. Uma Thurman you're thinking of. Yes. The poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the poison her famous ever. role, Poison Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> With the McKenna, you'll you go pass, bananas. Yeah. Mm. An old fashioned yeah. American fetish. Nothing wrong with that. Release the yeah, Snyder Cut. QAnon. Anyway. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the money. Just take the money. Just we told that to Jeremy. We told that Jeremy Ivy the other day. We did take, tell that to Jeremy Ivy. Yeah, we told take the money. Take the money. Well, I mean, if you ever need a check up for gingivitis this is your opportunity yeah 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 yeah. yeah. her dentist is studying this oh yeah (laughs) i know what's funny is i would (laughs) i don't do that i don't plan it there's something about that sequence that makes me yawn oh when we the when we're here we're famous Oh no no no! We're family. Oh no no no! I was talking about the one where where I was blackout drunk, talking about the fact that that guy (laughs) hated our (laughs) show. Olivia Jean did see Team Fertitta. I was done. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to our song. Hey everybody, Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not for profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100 plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process and we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on. It can be as much or as little as you can swing, and all donations are greatly appreciated. The last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash, so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough. But if you would like to help us out, that would be amazing. All right, that's all from me. Remember, you can head to patreon.com slash thirdmenpodcast, and a huge thank Thank you to everyone who's donated already. All right, everybody. I'll see you on the show. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show.